Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker. The pro wrestling world is currently on fire. And so we've got you covered five days a week on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Every Monday and Thursday, hang out with me and Kaz on the Masked Man Show. And this is Peter Rosenberg, the host of Cheap Heat. Join me and my guys, that guy Greg and Dipperstein, on Tuesdays and Fridays. We talk wrestling, we have bagel breakdowns, mage interviews, and so much more. And Ben Cruz here. Come kick it with me, Cal, and Brian on Wednesday Worldwide, where we hit the most interesting headlines and even react to some of Mass Man's, Cheap Heats, or even your hottest takes. Don't tap out, tap in to the Ringer Wrestling Show feed, now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay mage, everyone. Worldwide. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Ugh. All right, I had to get a laugh off, man. I had to get a laugh off. Uh, this is what, episode 358 of The Full Goal Podcast? Huh? Welcome on in. How y'all feeling? Everybody cool out there? Hope you had a fantastic start to your week. Um, we we catch ourselves on a glorious Tuesday night filming this. Well, filming, recording, whatever you want to call it. This pod is happening at nighttime. It's 11.34 on my computer screen right now. And me ask, you may ask yourself, Jay, how do you wind down uh, after working a, a game and then getting ready to come in and do a pod? Well, I'll tell you, you have a glass of wine. And there's, there's times when wine is more necessary than others in life. Um, people ask me all the time, what, what do you think of the Bulls? What's going on with the Bulls? Man, what's happening with those Bulls? It, it, it comes in like different, 
you know, phrases, different cadences, different voice inflections, you know, hey, what's happening with the Bulls? Or what's happening with the Bulls? Or damn, man, those Bulls. And all in all, I tell all of you, relax. Don't worry yourself. Why are you worrying? The Bulls are great. It is a great place to work. And you can only witness that by looking at the second loss this season to the Detroit Pistons as being the most recent case study of this being a great place to work. Why wouldn't you want to be a Chicago Bull? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of this organization? Let's just outline what can happen in a calendar year. Well, not a calendar year, but the 2023-2024 year to make working for and being around the Bulls so amazing, all right? The Detroit Pistons, who came into tonight at 8-49, and 49, if I'm not mistaken, 8-49 or 8-48, something atrocious, something bad. A lot in the, in, in the loss column, a little in the win column. They came into tonight after playing the night previous against the New York Knicks, one of the best teams in the NBA, tough squad to play against. They got jobbed out of a win because of a late call, uh, a a couple of late calls that were made and weren't made that Monty Williams, who is one of the more um, measured and mature dudes in the NBA. uh, And that's just going to stick with him. Monty Williams can run around with, with no pants on for the next 10 years. And people are like, Oh, well, you know that Monty Williams, he's, 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 he's a veteran presence. He's, he's just, you know what I mean? Like certain dudes just get that and you can ride with it for life. Right. Like once you get that pass, whatever it may be. And of course we understand the tragedy that Monty's family succumbed to where he lost his wife and his daughter, I believe in that, in that tragic car accident. But uh, uh, along with that, Monty has always been like that, you know, that big brother kind of dad figure, right? Monty Williams been getting his ass whooped all season long with these young players. He benched Jaden Ivey for damn near half the season, right? Proving a point. Killian Hayes has found out to be the worst starting player in all of NBA basketball. This is a lottery pick. A dude who, hey, Bulls fans, if you remember, that was a dude who was squarely in the sights of the Chicago. Can you imagine if Killian Hayes was a Chicago Bull instead of Patrick Williams? You know how we feel about Patrick Williams now with the up and down nature of the mercurial nature of, okay, it's coming or no, it's no longer coming or this is what just has to be and we got to recalibrate expectations. Imagine having no expectations and having them fulfilled. That's what's happened with Killian Hayes' career in Detroit, right? Like Jaden Ivey, a top five pick, put on the bench, a dude who is uh, compared to Steve Francis coming out of Purdue. Can't find a spot for him, right? Isaiah Stewart is out here snuffing backup white power forwards, playing for the Phoenix Suns and Drew Eubanks. Kate Cunningham is the number one pick that no one truly talks about because he's been hurt or on a bad team for the last couple of years. You want to know how dope it is to play for the Chicago Bulls? You could be up by 13 points in the second quarter of an NBA game against the worst team in the NBA and that team goes to halftime only down five mind you because hey it's the end of the half and no no better time to let up than now right them boys go to halftime and start looking at each other I, I hope things were being thrown I hope ta- you know chairs and tables were being turned over but more than more than likely the conversation that was had in the Detroit Pistons locker room at halftime was 
hey, y'all, we still in this shit. Those the bulls. We good. No panic. This ain't like last night with the Knicks. We ain't got to worry about playing against five and also three, including the refs. We ain't got to worry about that. These the bulls. <laughs> they going to find a way to let us back in the game. Yeah, they love coming back. They love storming back. You know, get down 17, get down 20, come back, make it fun. But boy, do they love having a lead, looking a team in the face that is supposed to be lesser than them and say, hey, we're going to fuck around for this third quarter. If you want to get back in this thing, go right ahead. You know, it's like when I when I used to invite people over to the crib, you know, back long, 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 long time ago when I was single, you know, just running around here in these streets, invite people over to the crib and you just look at them like, hey, um, at some point here, I'm going to fall asleep. I trust everyone in here to do what they need to do and be safe, you know, enjoy yourselves. But at some point, I'm going to fall asleep. It's my home. I feel like I work hard enough. I can fall asleep on my couch. I don't have to entertain you the entire time. The Bulls love putting people on notice. Like At some point, I'm, a, I'm just going to stop playing offense the way I played in the first half to give me the lead. You know, Nikola Vucevic started the game with 17 points, ended up with 25. That's just, that's just the modus operandi. That's just the M.O. That's just how they get down, right? Kobe White, for whatever reason, Kobe White thinks that it, that he doesn't have the responsibility of having to be the man on, on his shoulders anymore. Like, we had all this most improved player talk and all this. Hey, Kobe, if you're tired, I understand, but life ain't fair. Bulls need you to be excellent every night. Every night. I don't give a shit what your legs are telling you. I don't care that you play, what, the eighth, the seventh most minutes in the NBA. Don't don't matter. Don't care. You're young. You're 22, 23 years old. Your contract has now become one of the, and I know dudes love hearing this. Man, this is one of the more valuable contracts in the, in the NBA. Like, anytime you hear that as a player, you got to be like, God damn it. That means they're getting over on me, right? Kobe White, you've got to be phenomenal damn near every night for this team. And then we could just look at the most glaring thing. The Bulls went two for 29 from three-point land tonight. Two for 29. Now, we killed James Harden and the Rockets when this happened in a Game 7 situation against the Golden State Warriors. We put a concussion on James Harden. We're like, we did a whole bunch. Remember that shit? Was, hey, uh, maybe James seemed like he bumped his head. It, it seemed as if that was the reason they couldn't hit 26 straight three-pointers. Well, the Bulls missed 27 of them tonight. 27 and lost by 10. So what does that tell you? In a league where if you don't make the requisite amount of three points, you're going to get blown out. They lost by 10 to a team where they only hit two in a game. So that means the Detroit Pistons are not only bad. In the second half, they was waiting around like, all right, guys, we're, we're, we're kind of not sure about, you know, this whole winning this basketball game thing. Can y'all start hitting some shots and being better and, and tuck us in like the kids we are? But back to how awesome it is to be a member of the Chicago Bulls or a part of that organization. You know, I've heard a lot of talk about DeMar DeRozan re-signing with the Bulls. And of course, it'd be great for the organization because he's going to be able to lead this team culture-wise. You know, the kids that, that need the guidance and need to know how to react and interact like a professional. Cool. But that's not going to be for no vet minimum, right? It's going to be for a sizable amount of money. And, and, I, and listen, I love DeMar. 
I love Demar. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I love Demar, but but <laughs> I'm just on, telling bro. you. I'm just telling you. This is why it's great to 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 be a Chicago Bull. We have been looking at this thing through the wrong lens this entire time. You want to know how how awesome it is to be a Chicago Bull or a part of the organization? You can mess around and talk to a a, a, a fan base that has watched six titles happen in 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 recent vintage, recent memory, right? From 91 to 98. You can look that fan base square in the eye and say, "Hey y'all, we just want to be competitive." We just want to, we just want to compete. Hey, hey y'all y'all out here out in the stratosphere talking about championships and all that goofy shit. No, no, no. We just trying to compete. You know, consistency, uh, commitment. Uh, we never call it complacency, right? Continuity and competitive spirit. That's what Bulls fans have become accustomed to, right? I know that's what I was thinking when I was 11 through 18, watching every single year my favorite team hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy outside the two years when Mike had to take a little bit of a respite, a little bit of reprieve, huh? Because he got a little tired, a lot lot of stuff happening in his life. Of course, his pops got murdered, whole bunch going on. That's what I was thinking about in the 90s. Man, I'm sure I'm glad my team is, is, is competitive. Sure, I'm glad this team is sticking with the continuity. Meanwhile, they looked at Horace Grant and was like, hey, get your ass up out of here. Hey, hey, Will, we love you. Got to trade you for Dennis Rodman. Hey, Tony Kukoc, come on over and, and ball now. Like, what are we talking about here? But another reason why it's great to uh, be a Bulls fan, be a member of the Bulls organization, or even a Bulls player. <laughs> Nothing's going to change. What's really going to change? We've been talking about the same things now for three years. And the Lonzo ball injury is so far removed that to bring it up at this point seems lightweight cowardly. What's going to change? This team not only doesn't have the discipline to do the right things offensively and defensively often enough to belie the amount of talent they have. There's no reason that this team should be three or four games under 500. None. So whether you want to point at coaching, whether you want to point at players, whether you want to point at roster composition, across the board, everyone is culpable. Everyone. And when you lose two out of three games against a team that has only won nine on the season, and we are now, what, almost 60 into the NBA season? Large enough sample size to know that Detroit ain't shit. Now, this is also the thing that I will um, have you beware of. Remember the conversations we were having about the Eastern Conference two years ago and where the Bulls fell in terms of their second tier of teams, the not Phillies, the not Milwaukee's, not Boston's, Talking about the Knicks, talking about the Hawks, talking about the Cavaliers, talking about the Bulls, talking about the Magic, talking about the Pacers, talking about all these squads. Two years later, take a look at what's happening. The same way that we're talking about the Detroit Pistons now is the way we were talking about the Orlando Magic two years ago when Orlando put together Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., right? Paolo Bancaro, Cole Anthony. Jalen Suggs, put a coach out there that can relate to these young dudes, go run up and down until you figure your way out of the Eastern Conference playing situation. And voila, 
We're here now. The expectations are growing. Now people are looking at Paolo Bancaro like, oh, it's time for you to start closing games out. Like the, the natural progression of what stars should be and playoff teams should be. Indiana, we already know. If it hadn't been for that hamstring hiccup, we'd be talking about this Indiana Pacers offense on a historic pace, no pun intended, because of Tyrese Halliburton. Ben Matherin had 36 the other night. Miles Turner is the, the center that never got traded, that, that finally everybody looked around and was like, hey, maybe this is the, this is the place for him. <laughs> and by the way, you got a coach doing that who nobody would have ever envisioned allowing this to happen in terms of a running gun pace in Rick Carlisle. You look at Atlanta, but that little guy, they still managed to keep float. I don't think they're ever going to really win anything with that being their best player. And the last two games he's been out because of the finger surgery, they've won. So they've also increased their, their lead on you in terms of this playing situation in the short term. But in the long term, all these teams that we talked about in that second tier, that cluster where the Bulls might find themselves or should find themselves, you look up now, a couple of them teams done lapped you. Cleveland Cavaliers is the second best team in the Eastern Conference if you haven't looked at the standings lately. The Orlando Magic are on that weird verge or at that crossroad where it's like, all right, it's too many young guys now. Time to start trading or moving somebody for a veteran piece. It's time to start winning something here soon. That's what this next year will look like for them. The Indiana Pacers, I just mentioned, gave you fits when they were bad. They're not bad anymore. You're going to have to play an optimal level of offense to mess around and beat them night in, night out. The New York Knicks have toughed their way back into feeling and looking like the New York Knicks. All that shit that everybody talked about Tom Thibodeau at the end of his Bulls run. Oh, I'll never get a chance to do this again. He did it in Minnesota, took him to the playoffs. Did the same Tom Thibodeau thing again, went to New York. Guess what the New York Knicks are now? Knicks are one of the three or four best teams in the Eastern Conference. One of the 10 best teams in the NBA. So all those teams that you got clustered with, all those teams that you looked around and said, okay, this is a cool room to be in if you don't have a top-tier, upper-echelon superstar figure like Giannis, like Joel Embiid, like Jason Tatum. If you got some of the other guys who you can sprinkle in, like Zach Levine, <laughs> like DeMar DeRozan, like Nikola Vucevic, now like Kobe White, with a coach like Billy Donovan, who the moment he got onto the open market, Arturis Karnasovic said, hey, uh, appreciate you, J.B. Bickerstaff. You know, appreciate you, Wes Unsell Jr., but there's a hot commodity on the floor right now that I got to go get. We've always we've all seen that one car that we had to have. Sometimes we, we weren't in the position to go get it, but the ones that were able to go get it, boy, there's no better feeling. That's how our tourist kind of show was felt about Billy Donovan the moment he signed him to the contract to coach the Chicago Bulls. Lo and behold, three years later, all I can say is it must be great to be a part of that organization, be around that organization, or be a member of that organization. Because everything that was held to a certain standard has somehow, some way, just floated away. And now things can just be said, and it will suffice. Like continuity like competing well on a night like what Tuesday night when they lose to the Detroit Pistons continuity doesn't look good and you damn sure didn't compete at the level that you wanted to so for all those who don't think that it's great to be a Chicago Bulls fan I understand but boy it must be awesome downright awesome 
to be either a player or a member of that organization because this is just the new standard, apparently. What's the thing that's going to send you over the edge if they lock the Bulls, Jay? None. I'd, they're, 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 they're bad in every way except for looks. You feel me? <laughs> like the, the record don't look bad. <laughs> the the defense don't always look bad. The offense don't always feel bad. But in the end, it's all it's bad. They're bad. They're bad. And Kobe White is finding out now that it's cool to do this shit for a month. It's cool to do it for a month and a half. When you gotta do it every night, and that pressure's on your head. It's a lot different. Like everybody loves doing weekend shifts and you get your shit off for an entire week. Three, four hours, you out here like, I'm killing these motherfuckers. Yeah, fuck around, be two years into a three-year deal, and you doing five hours a day, and it's a Thursday in fucking July, and you looking around like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> got to make the donuts. Kobe White, Kobe White out here having to make the donuts in adverse times with tired legs and finding out how stars truly get treated. That dude is, That dude was absent in the second half of tonight's game running away from the basketball in a way that I haven't seen before. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And they ain't going to let, the worst part is they ain't going to let it bottom out. So the worst they're going to get is 11. And you're going to fuck around and Charlotte is going to look at LaMelo Ball and tell him thank you, but no thank you going forward. And look at Brandon Miller and say, hey, we see how you playing. And we see the way that you move. We want you to be the team leader. And they're going to pass the Bulls in a couple of years, too. You watch. You watch. You watch. Washington, that shit is dead in the water. They, 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 they're the, they might be the worst-run organization in all the sports. That's, that's the one for me. Yeah. yeah if that, Washington come back? No, that's not going to happen, though. Because people don't want to play in D.C. And they, they don't have a good infrastructure at all. At all. At all. They're going to have to get the number one pick. And they might. <laughs> but, yeah, that shit is bad, bad. Like, right now, the worst teams are Washington. That Portland shit is bad. That Portland shit is real bad. And maybe that second thoughts about school. He started to play a little bit better lately, though. Yeah. Yeah. He just can't fucking shoot, man. That's yeah. why, I would like, all that shit with, like, he built like a man at 19. That's cool. That's cool. But... Stanley Johnson also built like a man. Exactly. Gotta shoot. Gotta shoot, man. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any, that's right, any NBA on TNT game. NBA same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance to score an even bigger payday. Thursday night, we got Heat. We got Nuggets in Denver. Of course, we've seen this happen before in the NBA Finals rematch. Uh, Jimmy Butler's playing well, but he's still in Jimmy Butler regular season mode. So I'm going with the Nuggets on the money line. I'm going with Nikola Jokic across the board. Make this thing a same-game parlay. I got Nikola Jokic 25-plus points, 12-plus rebounds, and 8-plus assists. You know why? I'm a chalk boy. I am a member of the Casual Betting Brothers. It's, It's not a 
tough bet to say that Nikola Jokic is going to go out there and have a triple-double type performance. So that's what we are looking forward to. And you throw the fourth leg of that same game parlay in there with a Nuggets win at home with the money line. So once again, 25-plus points for Nikola Jokic, 12-plus rebounds, 8-plus assists, and a win for the Nuggets on the money line. That's our four-leg same game parlay for TNT Thursdays. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O to bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay with TNT Thursdays. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash FullGo. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund, $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win! Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Very famously, I had an intern for um, for a good five, six months. Like he ran the entire term. And one day um, they asked him, like, you know, who do you need to? He was bringing something to the studio and he was like, "Uh, I need to bring it to that guy. He didn't like after six months, for some reason, the person who was heading up his internship, he he couldn't remember my name. And Bernstein and, and Terry were like, that guy? Like, who are you talking about? And, he, and then they were like, you know, Jason George. Uh, he, he saw <laughs> G-O in my name and he thought he went. Yeah. So for a long time, score callers referred to me as Jason George Goff, and I hated it. <laughs> and and and, it, and it's one of those things where you like if you feed it any life, then people are gonna be like, oh, he hates it. So let's keep going with it. It lasted for a while, and it was all because a fucking intern didn't remember my name. When I was an intern myself down in Miami at 22, I had a cubicle that I was in like maybe once or twice a week because you're mostly not in the right. office when you do this type of job. You're out. Um, and I sat next to one of the columnists in the sports department. And he liked to use his cubicle. He would come into the office and write. So I would always, anytime I had to be in the office, I'll sit next to this guy. And all he would do the whole time he was writing was like curse at himself while he was writing, <laughs> while he was writing. I don't, I don't know what was going on over there, but he'd be talking about, damn it, Craig, damn it, Craig. And I have to like, listen to all of this. And it goes like, it's funny the first uh, 55 times, but eventually it's like, this is a nuisance when I'm it's in here an, an trying to do my work. But I'm an intern and this is like one of the big dogs in the department. So I'm like, I tolerate this. I do nothing but nice and professional. I'm trying to turn this into a real job. I want you guys to hire me eventually. So I'm like, you know, Mr. Cool with everybody. I've been there like six months and the guy, uh, he finally says something to me about the noise. He's like, hey, uh, hey, sorry about all this, Justin. Oh. And the big kicker is that his his kid's name is Jason. It should have been the easiest name for him to remember. Well, you know, that's why his um, inner anxieties and probably inner demons were haunting him every time it was time for him to create and feed his family. So, you know, it works that way. It works out that way. Man, internships, they were a lot different. Yeah, back when we were young. Like right now, I I have people reaching out to me, like friends uh, or family of friends 
you know, kids who are in graduating age or people who you've run across in the business and like, hey, can you get my kid an internship? And I'm like, uh, I don't know what, how to tell you this, but internships kind of burned up like a little bit more than a decade ago. <laughs> like, like this whole bringing <laughs> yeah. children into your workplace while not paying them. Oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't go anymore. That, that, there was a wave of kids who is, I believe, tried to sue or did effectively sue CBS radio. And that was back when I was still a producer uh, and they were like no 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 we can't no mm -hmm. more free labor here at these jobs so I had a I had a nine month internship where I was working three days a week catching two buses and two trains for free now mm -hmm. you got internships where they're like hey I, when, when am I going to get paid uh, or when am I going to get on the I'll never forget one guy who is currently writing right now in the city um he was also one of my interns and his first day he pulls up and, you know, he had heard me be on the microphone for the Boris and Bernstein show. And he was, you know, it's one of those things where someone gets an internship and you find out that they're, they want to be a fan instead of a colleague. Right. And it's, it's always a question that you, that you, you know, I, I'll never forget at, uh, hearing Bomani Jones ask this of a person at National Association for Black Journalists Convention in Miami, where he's like, hey, 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 you want to be a fan? You want to be a colleague? Like, cause they, you know, they run it up to you with the, with the, either the business cards yeah. out or can we take a picture? Right. And Bomani's like, hey, yeah. in this moment, in this setting, you know, you're my colleague. So let's, let's treat it as such. And I, I thought about that because it made me think about that time where day one, this dude walks in. He walks in with a gold chain that had a dollar bill on it as the pendant. Okay. Okay, uh, cool. It's good start. Good start for me. Right. It means you're ambitious. It means you're forward thinking. You know, it means that you're, you know, you're here for a good time and maybe a long time. Uh, halfway through his first internship shift, which is... You know, you get there maybe an hour and a half before the show. You probably stay an hour after the show, cut tape, do whatever you got to do. Halfway into this four-hour, five-hour trek, this man looks around at me, who was in the um, sound man's position right in front of the board, and my partner, who was answering the phones, booking guests and doing all those things. He looks at both of us and says to both of us, 50,000 watt blowtorch of a radio station okay like 38 states mm -hmm. in canada okay you, you your your voice is gonna it's gonna hit some places this man looks at us and says so what time do i get on the air like when <laughs> when is my segment and we had to look at him and say hey um <laughs> that's not how this works player and me of all people, I was I was sitting there with no college background, right? Like I'm 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 fresh from, from out of high school to the league. Like I, I started working at the school when I was 19, so I'm like, wait a minute, player. Mm -hmm. Like I've skipped a lot of steps here, purely maybe off of talent or you know diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever you want to do with that thing, right? Some way, somehow, I've made it to this position, and I have never, I told him, I have never looked at anyone and said, when am I going to be on the air? And in that moment, he decided it might not be for him, stuck around for a few months, and eventually had to move on to greener pastures. But yeah, internships are a thing of the past, and that was one of those moments where I realized that 
uh, a lot of people don't understand which business they're walking into when they finally get to walk into it. Please say the name. People don't think that I did that. No, 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 no. That's why I gave him a little bit. I gave, and, and, and by the way, look at Tony, this, the Tony needs to be exonerated. Just we can say we can say for the record, it was not Tony Gill. We don't have to out that person, but <laughs> right, right. That was not look Tony at, Gill. Look, look, okay. look at Tony. Look at Tony trying to clear his name out of all things that are happening right now in the pod. By the way, you can hear the on-air chemistry. Uh, between Tony Gill and Jason Leisure. Uh, Russ Dorsey was on this pod uh, what, a couple of pods ago. And, and of course, the sports adjacent folks, they they are aligned. They 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 are a good listen. Uh, Jason Leisure covers the Bears and the NFL for the Chicago Sun-Times. He's in Indianapolis right now. We're just talking, you know, uh, come up stories in the business, that kind of thing, before we yeah. start conversing about Instagram pages and, and and Twitter feeds and all the other ridiculous things that you have to cover if you're talking about the Chicago Bears these days. But go ahead, Jay. Well, I just want to point out one thing. And and I want you to get, I want you to hear this because you're, you, you love Tony Gill like I do. Um, of course. I've never, I have never seen him so forcefully try to clear his name and defend himself as he just did for, for merely the crime of being entitled as a young person. Well, he didn't want anyone to think that. But Goff, you mentioned sports adjacent. We are two weeks removed from this man proclaiming with pride that he I parks heard. in handicapped parking spaces. I heard this. With no remorse. I heard this. But but how dare you insinuate that he might have been entitled as a 22-year-old. He won't. He, he will not have his good name besmirched like that. Well, you got to understand something, Are you something, kidding Jay. me? You got to understand something, Jay. I, I know Tony's hustle, right? I know Tony's game. And, and, it's, and it's, it's long and it's storied, okay? The religious folks of this world have long been the ones who have gotten away with some of the worst things known to man, okay? And Tony is the guy who, you know, hides behind the cloth and his goodwill and good nature with not only his family, but them sharing the word with the people around them. And, and you know, listen, as a, as a dude, first generation born in this country— my my grandmother taking my mom and and her five brothers to church three times a week and my mom trying to instill that in me I got respect for it. What I don't have respect for is how bad a guy this guy is. But the 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 the, the um the the condescending <laughs> watchful and more times than not a patronizing eye which he lords over all of us with pun intended so the fact that he is parking in handicapped spaces with no remorse um don't worry tony's going to get his there's there's going to be a summer walmart confrontation for the ages at some point he's going to <laughs> Tony, Tony can't skate by on just, you know, looking up at the sky and saying, thanks for getting me again, big guy. There's going to be something that happens. He, he's going to have to pay the piper at some point. Don't worry about that. Dog. And I, I hope so. Like, I hope so. <laughs> and like, this is Here's one of my Tony best. getting his ass whipped by somebody in a wheelchair. <laughs> Seriously. Like of all the people in the world that I want good for Tony Gill is like right up there with yeah, family man. to me. Hmm. But I, I hope so much he gets a ticket for parking in a handicap spot at the local Jewels. I hope he does. Yeah. No, forget a ticket. I took it all the way to escalate to violence. I, I hope that I'll someone... I'll settle for a ticket. I'll settle yeah, for a parking no, ticket. No, he needs his toe ran over. 
right? He needs to be hit in the face with a cane. You know, something something needs to happen here. You know what I mean? One of, one of these big gals needs to needs to run up on his heels in a rascal. Something something needs to occur because my guy is, you know, he's out here playing a dangerous game, right? He's got the goodwill of the kid yes. and the marriage, right? So he, he he's playing with house money at this point. But every once in a while, the house bounces. So got to be careful, Tony. Got to be careful. As I mentioned, our guy, Jason Leisure joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. Um, Jay, this thing seems a fait accompli when we start talking about doing right by a quarterback that is still on your roster. And, yeah. you know, yeah, before the league year begins, you want to do. That's the other thing, too. My whole thing about Ryan Poles has been, hey, at some point, we're going to have to find out how gangster he truly is. You trade all these picks. You trade the number one. You trade out of the number one pick. Like you get, you amass all these um, resources, and then now it's time to pick players. Hey, Tyreek Stevenson seems like a hit. Darnell Wright seems like a hit. Tyler Scott, eh. <laughs> Roshan Johnson would love to see him develop and also get some vision. Like you go back and watch some of those Bears carries for Roshan Johnson. It's like, hey man, <laughs> you could pick some of these lanes if you want to. But it seems like he's got a, a decent enough template or a foundation in terms of a talent eye, right? Yeah. Now we're getting to the point where, you know, the Roquan Smith decision, you had to make it. He's on another team. Now you're in an uncomfortable position or situation with a guy who's currently on your team. And I got to be honest with you, if we're talking Super Bowl, if it doesn't behoove me to do right by Justin Fields, I don't need to hear my general manager saying that at all. So what are you saying it for? Right. Like that, that, that's my thought process is doing right by Justin Fields probably would have been, I don't know, um, allowing Luke Getzey to call plays at a local high school somewhere, you know, (laughs) after the first year or, you know, uh, putting some more weapons around him before you, you, you make the the trade for DJ Moore, like those things. So I I was kind of befuddled by doing the right thing and how, how important a message that was for Ryan Poles to send out there today. Hey, if, if, when it's cutthroat Super Bowl winning time, and this seems like a cutthroat Super Bowl winning type of decision, I don't need you to do right by anybody. Now, if I'm Justin Fields and I'm the family of Justin Fields, yeah, I love hearing that. But I don't need you to I, – I, Ryan Poles doesn't need to win any good guy of the year awards for me going forward. Find yeah. the best deal. Find the best offer. If it, if it behooves him, fine. If not – This is the business. This is the NFL because the moment Justin Fields puts on a Pittsburgh Steeler helmet or an Atlanta Falcon helmet, he he does not and it it should not and is not obligated to give a damn about the Chicago Bears. Yeah, well, Ryan Poles is going to do right by Ryan Poles first. Um, Exactly. Like like he's not trading him to the Vikings, even though that might be doing right by Justin Fields. He's not doing that. To be fair to Ryan Poles, I don't know if this came across – but the context of what he said, the way I interpreted it and how I understand the stakes of this, because this is this whole quarterback thing. This is like the tenure defining decision for Ryan Poles. This is it. This yeah. is make or break for him either way. I think what he means by do right by Justin Fields, I think it was more about the timing, about yeah, trying to get sure. it done Before next week. Agency. I yeah. think Ryan Poles said also, I don't know if he said it in the press conference or if it was something that I got from him later on Tuesday, but he said he needs to do right by the organization as well. And that's more important. That's right. the bigger thing that's right. doing right by his own job security. Um, it is in everybody's interest 
not just our interest for being tired of hearing about it, but it is in the actual parties involved. It's in their interest to get this done by next week. Um, Justin Fields is tired of waiting around, tired of living in that. I mean, you know, everybody knows what that's like when you're waiting to see how a job's going to turn out, waiting to see if you're going to close on a house, waiting to see what's going to happen with a medical situation. Yeah. I mean, some of those are real life examples of it's, it's really hard to sit in that for a lot of people and myself included. It's really hard to sit in that unknown, just waiting for something to be resolved. So Justin Fields has an interest in this getting done faster and then he can start preparing too. The Bears have an interest in this. The team that they trade him to definitely has an interest in getting this done before free agency starts. I would say that the Bears, though, the reason that they would want to get this done before free agency is you want to have all of your possible assets known to you before you go into that. Because let's just say you get a good second round pick for Justin Fields, like mid second round, maybe a little bit better. That is a pick that you theoretically turn into an immediate starter. So at some positions, at most positions, probably. So you're sitting here saying, okay, we can earmark that for this position, offensive tackle, maybe uh, wide receiver, something like that in the draft. And now we know we don't need to go spend huge at that position when free agency opens. So it's in everybody's best interest to get this done sooner. As a side effect of that, I think it's better for like all of Chicago's sanity to get this done next week because no matter what side you're on, on this debate, like you're sick of it. I don't know anyone that's like, I would love, I would love for this to go on for two more months. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, there are those psychos who think that they should draft so Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields so that they can go through a season <laughs> of this where every day will be this conversation while you know this team tries to figure out a way to win through it. And you're probably not going to have a, a decent enough evaluation floor because of that circumstance. So it's yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's screwy times right now. Um, what is the the most prevalent conversation uh, when it comes to the Bears and you being at the Combine in Indy, what, what's, the, what's the early conversation about not only where Justin will land, but what the, uh, what the price tag will be for a quarterback who a lot of people feel there's a lot of upside, but there's also enough people who feel like you can't win a Super Bowl with them as well. There is a lot of upside to Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, just say that flat out. Justin Fields has gotten better. I am okay with saying that and saying he hasn't gotten better enough and we have a better option. We have a more lucrative option. And I've, I've heard a lot of people say that that's not fair to Justin Fields, that kind of predicament. I think that's the opposite. I think it's completely fair. That's sports. That's how it works. It's cutthroat. It's competitive. It's merit-based. If somebody else is better than you, they're getting that job. And that's true at any position. That's true at head coach. That's true for the GM that's got to make this decision. I would be surprised if they get more than a second round pick for Justin Fields. I think a second round pick for him is a success yeah. for them. And I think that there's this idea that let's just say for argument's sake, Justin Fields right now is the 18th best quarterback in the NFL. Not bad. Not, not, you know, there's like 12 guys that he'll never catch probably mm -hmm. that are so far ahead that he isn't going to catch up to them, but he's better than what some other teams have at quarterback. He's not Mitch Trubisky where you know, when he leaves, you're not worried at all that this is going to come back to bite you. I, but I think you're going to see that the market for him is smaller than you would imagine because there's four quarterbacks projected to go on the top 10 picks. There's another two, if I'm, th if I'm counting right, uh, that are possible first rounders in Knicks and Panics. 
So a lot of these teams are sitting there and while they could logically have a need on paper for Justin Fields, they're also in position to draft their own quarterback for much cheaper. And one of the things that a lot of times doesn't get talked about is the rookie draft pick quarterback buys you time. It didn't for Ryan Pace, but he was way out of time. But like you take a look at like, let's take a look at Atlanta, Raheem Morris, for example. If they draft a quarterback at number eight, if they draft Knicks or Penix or McCarthy, or if May slips to them or something like that, they're going to get time to work that out. Whereas if you get a guy, if they were to get Russell Wilson or Justin Fields, an established player who doesn't need runway to acclimate to the league, and then it doesn't work out, well, that's going to reflect badly on you, and it's going to reflect badly on your GM. I think it's amazing that J.J. McCarthy has gone from, you know, maybe seemingly going into this season like a third or fourth round pick to winning a national championship, sneaking in the first round mock drafts. Now, as we get closer to the combine and are now at the combine, we talk about him being the top 12 players selected. Um, By the time the draft rolls around, there are going to be enough people comparing his value to Drake Mays and and trying to figure out what the the right pick to make is. And I'm sorry. I love him. Local dude, right? Big 10. But... He wasn't asked to do a whole lot, so I just don't know how much he can do. I mean, one thing Ryan Pohl said at the end of January that was true, as he was trying not to say much uh, about what their plans were, was that a lot changes in the draft. And, you know, you mentioned J.J. McCarthy. What about Jaden Daniels? I mean, what what was the book on him as a draft prospect before this past season, before his senior season? He's going to go number two, Goff. Yeah. But at least you saw a season of him doing it at a high, like at a ridiculously high level. You did. You are absolutely right. He was the best player in college football last year. But uh, the Drake May slide is already kind of underway. And I like, I think at least one more guy is going to jump him. And right now it looks like it would be J.J. McCarthy. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy that the dude that we were talking about as the surefire number two pick during the college football season has now slid behind a guy who wins the Heisman at LSU with a crazy offensive season. And now Mm -hmm. J.J. McCarthy, who won the national championship, and then you look at his numbers, you're like, wait a minute, they went on defense and running the football. Like, what what (laughs) happened here? So God bless, man. Like, I, I I will continue to say this. I said this when I was a little kid and didn't know if I was right. And then I started flirting with the idea of, hey, maybe they should make a separate cap for quarterbacks in the NFL. When I was a kid on the on the score and and that never came to fruition. But we see now what happens with, hey, draft a quarterback and you can kick the can down the road because of the rookie deal. Like all these things mm-hmm. are coming to fruition. All I'm saying right now is, man, there are and it's every year seemingly. There are more quarterbacks who are ruined than developed in the NFL. These dudes go to the the, the, the heights of college football, perform against eventual NFL talent. Now, you playing in the SEC and you finishing first team all SEC, guess what you've been playing against? Pros for four years, for yeah. three years, however long you were there. So more times than not, to me, quarterbacks are ruined rather than developed. And at some point, we're losing the middle class of quarterbacks in the NFL. Remember when I was a kid, you had 12 yeah. guys who felt like pro bowlers and could legitimately just, all right, so down year for Jim Kelly, good year for, for, for Dan Marino, down year for this guy, great year for Randall Cunningham. You know, like it was, you knew there were going to be five or six spectacular ones, but the names sometimes change places. Now, mm-hmm. 
you know, and seemingly for the last 15, 20 years, going back to the Manning, Roethlisberger, you know, Manning, uh, Brady, like those kinds of like tiers where it's like, all right, there's four or five guys. And then there's a middle class. Now, if you don't have those four or five guys to hell with your middle class, because we don't have time to develop that middle class, that middle class. Now we're talking, we're looking at guys like Dak Prescott, like, Hey, you can't win the big one. Meanwhile, this dude's out here leading the league in touchdowns and, and guiding one of the best offenses in the league, Kirk Cousins. Oh, well, Kirk Cousins, you know, he's going to mess around and lose a game for you. First eight games of the season, there was no hotter quarterback in the NFL. So it's like, there's you can't wait on the middle class in the NFL. There is no middle class, and everyone's trying to be rich. Everyone's trying to get into that mm-hmm. top tier by drafting one of the guys who'll be the top four or five. It's 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 a weird economy right now at that position in the NFL. Yeah, but I'm good with that. I'm I, I like it. Aim high, like be competitive, be ambitious. I mean, mm-hmm. look who's winning, and look who's winning for the next ten to fifteen years. That's the bar. And like the two fo- the two NFL teams I've covered in my career were the Dolphins. And the Bears, which I don't know how much mm. anyone wants to hear this, but they're like the same. Yeah. They're like historically, they're the same. One of them still living in 1972, though. One of them still living in 1985. But I didn't ever want to hear when I was covering the Dolphins, like, oh, well, you know, it's New England, it's Belichick, it's Brady. Like, what can we do? And I didn't have not wanted to listen to any of, well, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Green Bay. They're in your league. They, those are teams and coaches and quarterbacks in your league. That's who you're up against. If you're not serious about that, get out of this card game. Like that's what it takes to get in there. And you're you're right because Dallas sits there with Dak. Miami sits there with Tua, who like Justin Fields will not catch Tua. Tua is so much better. Justin Fields can progress and progress. He won't catch Tua. They don't know if they have enough mm. with Tua. Mm. That's how hard it is. That's how high you have to aim. And that that's why this decision is not that complicated to me. Because you've got to take the shot. You've got to find out, could this guy be a guy that puts us in the game? You're not going to find Patrick Mahomes. There isn't another one of him in there. But there are guys that are right there, like Lamar Jackson, There, are Jalen Hurts. There are guys right there that you know, Joe Burrow, that you know give you a shot at going against them. They're close enough that they give you a shot. Justin Fields is not that guy for the Bears. Caleb Williams might not be either, by the way. Right. Like there's plenty of there's plenty of mistakes. In this situation, the Bears had their own in uh, 2017 and then watched elite talent go in Watson and Mahomes after him. Happened last year. Everybody would have drafted Bryce Young, me included, if I had to pick a quarterback in that draft class. The Texans included, too, probably. And, you know, that's not the right guy. But for what you were saying about, you know, rookie quarterbacks getting ruined, these guys that you see star in college. And if you go back and watch, like, I just pulled it up uh, during the season. I was watching a Justin Fields highlight reel from Ohio State. It's amazing. It's like, man, where's that guy? I thought he was. I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to battle for the best quarterback in the class with Trevor. He was. He was. He as a college quarterback, they were like one A, one B. But what was he playing with there? I mean, he was playing with all American offensive linemen. He was playing with one of the best wide receiver classes you've seen in a but while. But are most of the great quarterbacks prospects playing with with those kinds of guys? Unless they're coming out of Stanford yeah. like Andrew yeah. Luck or, you know, this year's USC no, team with Caleb Williams, you know? You're you're right, but they're not playing that game in the pros. Because in college, you have, you have just even playing conference games at a school like Ohio State, there's a massive gap in talent. I mean, they're playing Rutgers or somebody right. like that or Indiana. Of course, right. he's going to light them up. It, you're never getting that advantage in the NFL. It's never like that. 
You never have that time. You never have so many guys open. You don't get to just sit back there and play that kind of game. So it's the guys that can adjust. And while you are right that there is so much impatience, and in Justin Fields' case and many other guys' case, there's so much self-sabotage from the team. I mean, Justin Fields, if he wants to say that this that he has not gotten a good opportunity in Chicago, thousand percent right. This guy started out with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and it was just a total disaster. And then it got, I guess, worse, the same. I don't know. Year right. two, they were the worst team in the league practically on purpose. Last year, all the getsy stuff, like it was such a bad fit. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that walk it, that get drafted that high and walk into bad situations, and you can still see where it's headed. C.J. Stroud did not walk into a great situation in Houston. A lot of things turned out to be better than people expected in Houston, but he walked into a situation where they didn't have any wide receivers. They're rebuilding. They have a first-time head coach who happens to be a defensive-minded head coach, and they got a lot of other things right um, eventually that we didn't necessarily see happening. But there was no doubt you could see C.J. Stroud was good and probably would have been good a lot of places. I think Josh Allen was like that in Buffalo, where it was not an ideal situation to walk into, but you could you could see it. So the situation that Justin Fields walked into, while very disadvantageous, is also pretty typical, I think, for quarterbacks drafted that high. You always got to be careful. You look at Justin Herbert out in L.A., you know, how much coaching means. You know, Justin Herbert is out here throwing for 4,000 yards a season, looks the part. You know, you, you see the late game comebacks, you see the heroics. And then now we've gotten to that point. It's the Steph Curry point in a, in a career for me where it's like, all right, before Steph Curry became everyone's three point God and changing the game, he was the kid with the bad ankles in Oakland that they were willing to take a chance on in terms of his contract. Mm-hmm. Right. While, while Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. was going through the do you want 48 million or 44 million dollars thing? Steph Curry was the guy who was like, yeah, I'll take the 44. OK, so like this is. This is this is that turning point in a lot of players that careers, you know, in, in professional athletics. I think Justin Herbert has, has come up to that point. Luckily for him, he's got the madman and Jim Harbaugh is his head coach going forward now. And we know what he's done for quarterbacks careers. Um, the things that are being said that, that are coming out of the combine early on for me that I enjoy the most is um, <laughs> if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't do a shuttle run, will that stop him from being in Canton, Ohio 20 years from now <laughs> to me? Like, I, 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 mm. I can't wait to see this dude play football. And I can't wait to see him play professional football. I think he's going to be the best player in this draft. I don't think it's going out on a limb. Like, you know, I think a lot of people might think that, you know, he's arguably one of the best talents at that position since, I don't know what, Calvin Johnson. Like this dude, like Jamar Chase, outstanding coming out of LSU. Jordan Jefferson, outstanding as well. But this dude seems like a different breed. What are the, um, what are the competitive people? saying around Indy about him saying, I don't need to do this. Y'all know what I, y'all know what I am when y'all turn that tape on. I don't think anybody cares that much about that anymore. I mean, the top three quarterbacks aren't throwing here either. I mean, it's all pro day. And why wouldn't these guys take it if it's there for them to take and it's not going to cost them anything. You think somebody is going to like move him down on their draft board? Over this, that's ridiculous. Come oh, on. I've seen a lot of former GMs have conversations you about don't his competitive spirit. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, that's ridiculous. That's silly. Why not? Why not take another month though? Like it's good those guys come to this and do the interviews and do the meet. I mean, they're really interviews. They're more like meet and greets. They're like twenty minutes. You know, maybe they talk a little bit of film, a little bit of your career. The real interviews are going to happen at pro day and at the official visits. But he, I think you're right about him that he is the most surefire guy in the draft and 
he's not a, as valuable of a position as quarterback, but it's close. I mean, receiver would be in my top like four, probably five categories that I need to address positions yeah. I need to address yeah. if I'm a GM looking at a roster and, and all of the fixation is on uh, 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 Caleb Williams and like, can he be the next Patrick Mahomes? And it's like, this is one of those generational wide receiver talents too, where it's like uh, Williams is the best prospect since Trevor Lawrence and before him, Andrew Luck, this is the best prospect since like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and those guys. I mean, you have this quarterback that we all want to debate if he's going to be the next Mahomes. You have this other receiver who it's like, he might be the next, I don't know, Marvin Harrison, for yeah. example. Yeah. No, he's he's going to put up, you know, big numbers. And I can't wait for it. You know, if he lands in Arizona with Kyler Murray, it'll be perfect, right? Because yeah. they just... I don't think he could be a bear. I don't think there's any way he's a bear. I just don't think that's possible. Because in the same way that the Bears wouldn't move off of number one, in my mind, I don't think somebody's moving off the chance to draft Marvin Harrison either. At like Especially three. if you're the Cardinals, right? I mean, if he gets to the Cardinals, that that would be ideal. Imagine picking. Are they fourth? Imagine picking fourth and being able to get that. That's get crazy. the number one player, right? And, and and then just coming off of Larry Fitzgerald a few years ago, right? So yeah. Um. Hey, it, it happens for certain squads, man. Orlando went from Shaq to Dwight Howard. Of course, we know in this city, Green Bay going from oh, yeah. Brett Favre to uh, Aaron Rodgers now to Jordan Love. Man, now this it, guy. Yeah, this dude, this dude seems like a monster in the making. Looking forward, and and also love hearing him speak too. Like he's got he's got that thing where you could be all the asshole you want to be at the wide receiver position if you could put a sentence together. And Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> sounds like he's going to be somebody's president one day. So shout out to him and uh, looking forward to all the exploits. And you know, even if all those things weren't true, I would probably say him about him because I'm just scared of that last name. I, I don't want no problems right. nowhere on the East Coast anywhere. I have, uh, I have nothing to, to add Harrison to this crew. part of the conversation. Yeah, no, no, it's a good time for you to bow out. Definitely a good time for you to buy RJ. Time for some commercials. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to the Full Go with Jason Goff. Um, you mentioned things at the Bears or that you would want to address as a GM, and it's usually if I give me if if I'm wrong, correct me, but it's um improving your passing game and how do you affect the passing game, right? So quarterback, left tackle, mm -hmm. corner, defensive end, wide receiver, usually the money positions. You look at this Bears team. They got DJ Moore. And then there's a fall off. <laughs> You've got Cole Komet. Then there's a fall off. Like they, they've started to fill out a lot of the top line of the, of the, of the depth chart with Montez Sweat and Cole Komet. And, you know, they, they're going to have to do something with safety next to ja, uh, Jaquan Brisker now that Eddie Jackson seems to be going about his his business uh, somewhere else in the NFL. For you, if quarterback is taken care of and, and Caleb Williams is off the clock five minutes after the broadcast begins, we can now look at number nine, now look at the second round, third round. We can look at the rest of the draft here. How are you slotting importance in terms of need positionally? Yeah. So where, does, where does center come in? Where does tight end come in? Where does left tackle come in? Where does running back come in for you? Like How, do, how does Ryan Poles have to spray to all fields to cover up some of the uh, inadequacies on this roster? The biggest inadequacies. That's the most interesting part about his rebuild is you mentioned this earlier when we were talking is how many decisions he has gotten right. He has drafted well. He has played free agency well. 
I hated so much the Roquan Smith trade at the time. I still can't really love that because, tough. man, he, yeah. he was so good and he's just been even better in Baltimore. Uh, but I got to say, Ryan Poles, like, it worked out. I mean, you got Tremaine Edmonds giving you the same production for less money and you got a draft pick out of it. Like, he's made a lot of these decisions that have worked out. So a lot of his rebuild has gone well. But it's weird to be doing well to be a guy that I think we all have pretty decent confidence in as a personnel man, yet he hasn't addressed the biggest, most important problems on any roster. If I'm looking at it, it's quarterback, pass rusher. Those are my top two. Mm. And then it's left tackle. And then four or five is either wide receiver or corner. I mean, how many guys are they missing at those positions? They need improvement at all five of those positions except corner. They're well-stocked at corner. That could be the best cornerback unit in the league for years. But even if they keep Justin Fields, they need way better. You could be the biggest Justin Fields um, apologist or fan or cheerleader or whatever, and you would still say, okay, uh, even if they're keeping Justin, it needs to be better. It needs to be much better than it's been. They need way better at quarterback, even if it comes from the roster as it is now, even if it comes from Justin Fields. That still needs to be way better. They need way better at pass rusher. They need way better at left tackle and they need way better at wide receiver. That's a lot of huge problems. Yeah. And those are huge problems that you don't solve usually in free agency, maybe in like pseudo free agency, a disgruntled wide receiver. You can make a trade for a guy like that in the off season. There's been a lot of that the last probably five or six years. A lot of big Stephon names Diggs, that, come on down. Yeah. Tyreek <laughs> Hill, uh, AJ Brown. Um, there's plenty of them that you could get the last few years for a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news for the Bears, the way that you usually solve that problem and solve it well at those positions is in the draft. The good news for them is that we're all fixated on this number one pick. Number nine is pretty good. That is a that would be a big deal if they didn't have the number one pick. We'd all be really zeroed in on this number nine pick. And we'd probably be turning it into should they draft a quarterback at nine still. Right. But at nine, with all these quarterbacks projected to go high. You're basically looking at probably the number three wide receiver available to you at that point, the number two left tackle, and actually the number one pass rusher in the draft probably available to you at that point. So that's pretty big. Mm. But in the end, you only have those two top 10 picks, and it still leaves a lot. I mean, if you go after pass rusher, which you really badly need, if you take quarterback and pass rusher with those picks, how are you fixing wide receiver? And how are you fixing? continuing to fix and build out that offensive line where you've got maybe three out of the five that you need. Like there's still there's he has gotten, if you just did it on numbers and not positions, if you looked at like how many of the 22 spots has he taken care of in the starting lineup, pretty high number, but the ones that he hasn't are huge. Yeah, no doubt about it. And of course you got Matt Eberflus who runs that defense, probably still saying, Hey, It'd be nice to get a veteran three technique in here who can cause some havoc. It'd be nice to stop stop doing tricks, stop doing smokes and smoke and mirrors, and like, yeah. how can we figure out this week how to engineer having a defense without a pass rush? Like, as much as I don't want to keep trying to solve the problem on offense of how do you win around the quarterback, right. I don't want to keep trying to figure out on defense how do you win around not having a pass rush. Line up and beat somebody. And I'm looking forward to the Bears having enough talent in the next coming years to just line up and beat people. Um, but 
it's good problems to have, right? The resources, yeah. the cap space, um, the arrows pointing up in, in, in Bears land, even though it feels like there's a, a turf war going on, which is always the case, especially with the quarterback position. You're so right to say that. And it shouldn't be as profound as it is. But I think we all, myself included, get, have gotten so bogged down in this quarterback decision that we forget that this is one of the better times it's been for the Bears in my lifetime. Yep. Because let's just let's just say this. Let's establish like what the baseline is. Let's say they keep the team intact, including Fields, and they use these draft picks and their free agent money in just a conventional way, just what any GM would do. You don't have to be special. Just spend the money on good players, draft the best players available, trade down, turn it into multiple picks, whatever. That not that probably a playoff team next year? Don't you look at this team and Should say be. with a little bit, a little bit of help from the draft, a little bit be. of help from free agency, keep Justin Fields. Uh, it's this team that went seven and ten last year and threw away some games late. Like this could probably be a, this is probably a wild card next year. Goff, that's if you do nothing. Mm. That's if you do essentially, essentially, effectively nothing. This is a wild card team next year. So the decision that you're making is, could we do better than that? And the Bears have very, very rarely in my lifetime been in that position so as stressful as it might feel like it's good to have choices and they have pretty pretty good choices in front of them right now this is actually like a really fortuitous time to be the bears so let me ask you this as we let you go here and i appreciate your time thank you brother you know i know i know things are moving and shaking in indianapolis right now i'm sure there's an assistant coach downing an entire bottle of vodka somewhere in a restaurant and while you're yeah, and I'm missing the, it. Thanks. Right, right, Thanks. While you're on the line with me right now. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Um, outside of St. Elmo's Steakhouse, man, what, what does Naptown have to <laughs> offer? Because that's all we hear about whenever we hear, uh, hey, combine's happening and that means there's going to be a bunch right. of hungry men and women and a bunch of hungry young players. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on in Naptown during this time? Because this is an important time right now for Indianapolis. All-Star Weekend didn't have the most yeah. rave reviews, right? And now you've got the combine, which is there every year. So what is there to do? You got the uh, Velocity Sports Bar at the Marriott. You've there got, you go. Uh, we all know, I mean, I used to cover the NBA. We all know the Steak and Shake by the arena. That's hey. always that's hey, always. I won't tell if you won't tell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, I remember um, in 2019, the Bears had Chuck Pagano as their defensive coordinator. And this is like, like, when you cover the team, you just get, you're looking for things that make you laugh. And this is like one of my things that I always laugh about when I think of is Chuck Pagano was their defensive coordinator. He'd been the head coach at Indy. And they were coming back here for a preseason game. It was going to be his first time back. And we just asked this like dumb question. I don't even remember if this was on the record or if this was just casual conversation as he was leaving the podium of like, hey, Chuck, where should we eat in Indianapolis? And Chuck Pagano, who like lived here and worked here for how many years? Here's his local recommendations. It's like, oh, well, you got the Weber Grill restaurant. You got P.F. <laughs> Chang's. You got There's McCormick a really good McDonald's got, down the street. You, you know, the Capitol <laughs> Grill. Like all the stuff they have at Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg. Like nothing. Like imagine somebody coming to Chicago and you're like, yeah, you know, we've got this great Asian restaurant that the locals really are into. It's P.F. Chang's. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> what they do with the off-menu stuff at the Panda Express is outstanding. You know, oh, just, man. The, just got to tell them. You got to tell them the what yard you need house, on your orange chicken. The, the <laughs> Dick's Last Resort. House. I will say Shut this, though. Yard like, house. 
I, and and this is probably a, uh, a little bit of a dig at Indianapolis. This is probably not the compliment that I might mean it to be, but it's a good place to go for a work trip. It's very yeah. convenient. It's set up well for it's that. It's convention I'm not, city. I'm not bringing my family here on vacation. No. I'm not staying an extra day. No. But it's like they got tons of hotels. They got tons of restaurants. It's all compact. And they've got this walkway system like a few other cities in the north have where you can get around without going outside if it's rainy or if it's horribly cold, which I think this week it's supposed to be like it was 74 here yesterday and then it's supposed to snow on Friday. So wildly unpredictable, but super convenient and easy if you got to go somewhere for a business trip. Listen, the Circle City Board of Commerce thanks you for this message that you have just put out about the, the it, great town they, of Indianapolis. I'm just saying, I want to come now. I don't know. Wanna, it's not It's not like Indianapolis wish you were here. It's like Indianapolis, if you have to come here, it's all right. That's right, pretty right, much right, it. Right, 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 I don't know if they want to borrow that as a slogan. It's okay if you have to be here. <laughs> Indianapolis, good looking out. Thanks for spending some money while you were here. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's all it is. Jay, thank you so much, man. Uh, love what you do on the Sports Adjacent oh, podcast you. with Tony and Russ Dorsey and love what you do with the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, post-game pressers are my favorite because <laughs> the Wolves line up whether it's Mark Potash and his rankled self or Jason Leisure with his younger rankled self or Dan Weeder stirring up shit all the time like this. This is, um, I, I've seen different sets of crews cover different teams in this city and the same way we talk about teams is the same way I think about coverage in this city so when Casey Johnson and Agri Sam and Joe Cowley were doing their things when when the Bulls were going to Eastern Conference Finals and you know back in the day back in the day when guys like Terry Boers were covering the, the Chicago Bear like there are certain crews and certain groups that move around and this crew over this last half a decade uh, that has been covering the Bears through some tumultuous times, through some Coach of the Year awards, like through some high times, outlier seasons. You guys have done an outstanding job at not only holding people accountable, but getting people on the record. I try to explain this to so many of my friends. It's like, why are you asking the same fucking questions all the time? Well, guess what, man? You get people on the record because at some point you're going to come back to that line of questioning and have people explain themselves or... Take their victory lap. You know, it's not always sabotage. Either, either. It's not yep. always sabotage. So you guys do a terrific job, man. And you're you're a part of that situation and you do a great job. I, I just, I, I know you know this and we've talked about this on the side and I've sent you text messages and we've had conversations about the fondness that we have for each other's work. But mm -hmm. uh, you, are, you are one of those ones, man. And so I, I look forward to the coverage of the Combine and also the coverage, uh, continued coverage of the, the 2024 Bears season, brother. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And you know, the respect is mutual. I, I also appreciate that you, even though you don't do the same job I do, you understand the, you understand journalism and you get that concept <laughs> of that. Some part of this is kind of like a courtroom and yeah. we're going to be, we're going to be circling back to this conversation eventually. So I, I appreciate that you get that part of it. And thank you very much for the kind words.
Yeah, the respect that I have for the formal training that you guys have will never allow me to call myself a journalist, but I've uh, studied in the shadows of so many great journalists mm-hmm. that I understand the tenets that I need to cleave to without, you know, calling myself that or moving like that, to be honest with you. So I appreciate the, uh, the standard that is kept by the guys and the gals who move like you do. Jay, thank you so much, man. Uh, we'll do this again soon, all right? Sounds good, man. See you. Jason Leisure from the Chicago Sun-Times covers the Bears and the NFL. And, of course, you can catch him on the Sports Adjacent Podcast with Russ Dorsey and our guy Tony Gill. He was right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go, baby! That's all the time we have for episode 358 of the Full Go Podcast. We want to thank our guest, Jason Leisure from the Chicago Sun-Times. He is in Indianapolis checking out the combine, covering the combine for the Chicago Sun-Times. Also, you can catch him on the Sports Adjacent Pod with Russ Dorsey and our very own Tony Gill. So thank you to those two gentlemen. And thank you to our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. want to thank the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, and the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton, the man, the myth, the legend, the dad, the myth, the legend, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff, thanking you for following us on the socials. Thank you for downloading this thing, sharing it with your family and friends. We always appreciate you doing that. Thank you for rating and reviewing us, giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we will see you in the streets. We will catch you on Thursday. Okay? We got a back-to-back situation, right? So you, you, you had this bad loss against the Detroit Pistons. We'll see how the Bulls fare against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. Will it be the Bulls' eighth straight loss to the Cavs, or will they break that streak? We shall see. As well as anything that pops up from the combine or any other things that are happening in spring training, we'll keep you covered. We'll catch you on Thursday right here on the Full Go Podcast. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other, be safe, and remember to stay sucker-free. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. That's 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLING.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call one 877 8 hope ny or text hope ny in new york